did it come from? Gentlemen, do you realize what we've found? It came from outer space to fill the world with terror. What earthly power can stop this terror? That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop. The from outer space. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast from outer space. It's your boy Rob Scott. We got Adam Narlock in the house tonight. Hey guys, thanks for listening. And as always, it's Ryan Scott. Greetings, Earthlings. Tonight, hopping on to another cryptid, we got the Mothman for you. Yes, this will be the second installment of our cryptid series. Uh, We are covering the legendary Mothman. Now... You know, anyone who's heard of the Mothman uh, or seen the 2002 movie Mothman Prophecies, they know the basic plot, the stories, the origins in West Virginia. Now, we're going to cover all of that in this episode, and we're also going to dive into some more bizarre aspects. Uh, We'll give you a little bit of the facts about the creature himself, uh, some background, history of the sightings, uh, theories, um to other strange events, and, of course, some UFO alien talk for good measure. Mm. Now, so, um, you know, it's no secret. Uh, We're all from uh, Virginia, you know, right there by West Virginia. Um, What do you guys (laughs) basically know about the Mothman? Like, what did did you guys hear the tales growing up? I think, uh, was the Mothman, you guys remember the cartoon The Tick? Yes. The blue guy was Mothman like his sidekick or am I the moth? Maybe I'm crazy. Yeah, I don't think that it was any relation. I feel like there's a moth. Yeah, well, I don't think so, but I'm just saying. <laughs> we will have to look it up to I'm gonna, confirm. Okay, well, that's that's all I have for Mothman. Are you thinking of, <laughs> well, are you thinking of Mothra no, like Godzilla? No, no, no. No, there's the Tick's sidekick, Moth. I'm about to look. Is that it, was his, his name? That's his name. It's his Mothman. Name is that's not what it said. The Tick and Mothman, bitch. It's right here. Mothman, not <laughs> Moth. But I don't think that's based off of uh, the Mothman. You, that's just too much of a coincidence for me. Look at it. Look at this guy. The Tick kind of sucked anyways, dude. Dude. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, We're that's another episode. The tick out of the bus. <laughs> so... Uh, I mean, you guys didn't hear any stories of this shit growing up. I remember hearing about... When was the first time you guys heard about the Mothman, the legendary Mothman? <sighs> Not the cartoon Mothman. Not I feel the like, cartoon okay. Mothman. I feel like I definitely heard more about Jersey Devil than the Mothman. Yeah, I agree. Because that's more of like a recurring urban legend. To be fair, I feel like Jersey's closer to the 757 than Point Pleasant, really. I mean... Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, but I feel also that Mothman, it, just in West Virginia, that kind of like came and went. And now everyone in West Virginia is trying to cash in on that shit. Well, yeah. I mean, they still got the festival and everything. Um, but you guys never heard any stories growing up about it? I always associate West Virginia with like wrong turn. Okay. So so, so obviously I'm assuming neither of you have been to Point Pleasant. I have not. Would like to go next time I'm back home, though. I've driven through. I don't know that I've ever been to Point Pleasant. Okay. Now, well, now that I know, maybe, yeah, next time we go home. Take a pic with the old statue downtown. Yeah, um, I actually know one guy who's been, uh, shout out Bobby Bones if he's listening. Uh, he went up there and visited the TNT area and everything. Um, Should have probably consulted him about this episode. He brought all the beers. 
<laughs> yeah, so... Did he also bring a surfboard, dude? <laughs> getting into uh, some of our sources for this one, we've got... We were going to cite uh, Mothman Prophecies, which is the book by John Keel, which kind of launched this whole cryptid into uh, the fame that is known as today. Um, Strange Creatures from Time and Space, also by John Keel. Um, a documentary called titled Mothman of Point Pleasant. And the interview titled, A Man Called Cold. So, you know, let's get right into it. Uh, Mothman himself. The basic facts are this. So, the Mothman, as it became known, is basically described as a winged humanoid creature with bright reflective uh, or sometimes described as glowing red eyes. Um, He is known to have features similar to an owl. However, his wings are more bat-like. Take a look at the bat wing, bitch. <laughs> As, uh, you know, so uh, if for our male listeners, make your ball sack flat like paper, <laughs> and there's the Mothman's wings. Uh, now, typically described uh, black or gray in color, uh, estimated around seven to eight feet tall. Some say as high as 10 feet tall. Uh, wingspan anywhere from 10 to 20 feet. Uh, some even say he appears headless, with the eyes and the upper chest of the creature. So, you know, really he doesn't even resemble a moth at all. Uh, it's, I guess this is just one of those nicknames that just sort of stuck, uh, you know. Didn't want to call him Batman. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> some, He's already taken. Yeah, sometimes uh, he is described as having feathers, other times uh, hairless with a dark gray skin tone, like one of those uh, skinless uh, cats, Ooh. or like a naked mole rat. A hairless cat or a yeah, skinless cat? Ooh. I mean, a hairless Ooh. cat. Uh, so his face has never really been described in great detail. It is also reported that those who get close to the Mothman suffer from bouts of fear and psychological distress lasting anywhere from days to months, and in some cases, years after the encounters. I believe that. Yeah? Oh, yeah. You've seen the Mothman? Well, no, but doing research for this, I had a psychological and fearful <laughs> event that followed. Hey, me so. too, actually. See? This one, I think, kind of gave us all the spooks, the heebie-jeebies, if you will. Got them goosebumps uh, every time. Yeah, I mean, more so than our artificial intelligence episode, which really freaked me out. Um, so, you know, we'll get in, right into uh, the most famous account, Um Now, obviously, anyone who is familiar with Mothman knows the West Virginia story. Uh, This is by far the most famous account made popular by John Keel in his book, The Mothman Prophecies. Uh, This chronicles the events and sightings that led up to the Silver Bridge collapse in 1967. Now, the basic tale is this. This all started in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Not to be confused with Point Place, Wisconsin. Hello, Wisconsin. Now, it has been said that uh, this place was largely avoided by Native Americans in pre-European America, as it seemed to be a negative force haunting the hills and valleys. Uh, Some say this is due to ley lines. Now, are you guys familiar with ley lines? Never heard of it. Vaguely familiar. So these are basically like... um, Alignments of landforms, you know, places of ancient religious significance or culture, uh, often including man-made structures, uh, straight paths or routes in the landscape, which are believed to have spiritual significance. Mm. Um, 
And one thing I was reading says this was due to the two rivers converging. Apparently, this is like a big no-no in uh, Native American, um, you know. Culture. Yeah. So, um, as Point Pleasant lies on the Ohio and Kanawha River intersection, um, you know, it lies right there at the uh, convergence of these two rivers. (laughs) And uh, apparently that's like, you know, you got to stay away from that if you're Native American. What if three rivers converge like in Pittsburgh? Is that okay? Well, that's probably not okay. It's probably wise. Probably a piece of shit. Oh, okay. Mr. (laughs) Philadelphia over there. Okay. Well, I actually was reading. Actually, I don't know if I was reading. Maybe it was in the documentary. You can't even read. (laughs) I can't read. Um, It was saying that because of the spiritual significance, a lot of the times the Native Americans would use the sites where the rivers converged as the burial grounds. Okay. Like when Pittsburgh buried Philadelphia in the outdoor game when we went there. Tell me you didn't have a good time in my city. I did at the game. You had a good time. Pittsburgh. Who are you? Yeah, he's from Pittsburgh, guys. Okay, apparently. I went Terry to Terry Bradshaw. We <laughs> <laughs> got okay. the fridge over here, guys. Okay. So, uh, so this all can go back to the legend of Cornstalk. Now, this guy, Chief Hokoleskawa. Wow, that was bad. Okay, why don't you give it a try? I'm not going to try. Hoc- <laughs> okay, fuck yourself. <laughs> Hokoleskwa. Hokoleskwa. Also uh, known as corn stalk. Yes, loosely <laughs> translates easier. to stalk of corn. Yeah, um, I can't say that. I'm just going to call you corn stalk. <laughs> <laughs> hey, corn stalk. Corn stalk. Corn stalk. Hey, uh, so this guy was the leader of the Shawnee Nation uh, back in the 16th century. That's the 1700s, right? Uh, 1500s. 16th century would be... 1500s. So then what is the 1700s? The 18th century. Okay, 18th century. Okay. Uh, Leader of the Shawnee Nation back in the 18th century. I knew Um, a girl named Shawnee once, huh? Basically... Wiz Khalifa over uh, here. In short, this guy, he he didn't want uh, the damn whites settling (laughs) past the Ohio River. And uh, later he became an advocate for peace after the Battle of Point Pleasant, which took place in 1774. So this is like some Last of the Mohicans type shit, you know? I mean, 20 years after, give or take. But uh, think about that. As he wanted to keep his people uh, neutral during the Revolutionary, uh, you know, this is understandable. Revolutionary War, you know, it's a white man's war. He wants to keep his his people safe. So uh, he goes, basically he goes to Fort Randolph, which is uh, present-day Point Pleasant, uh, for a diplomatic meeting. And uh, he's pretty much taken captive by some, like, dipshit captain guy. Um, and word gets out that uh, one of the militiamen at the fort was killed uh, by what was believed to be Shawnee, but has been confirmed as unknown Indians. And, uh, I mean, you know, it's like the Wild West out there. Fucking Indians are killing people. Wild West right. Virginia. Yeah. So uh, Will Smith is up there. Basically, they find out about this militiaman killed. These guys brutally murdered Cornstalk and his son and two other Shawnee. And uh, these gu- these guys went to trial but got off due to no one testifying against them, you know. Um, and Cornstalk was buried at the fort. Then in 1840, his remains were exhumed and he was moved to uh, the courthouse. And then in 1954, they moved this guy again because the mm. courthouse was torn down. 
And you know, already, you know, fucking with Indian bones, this is this is never good. Never good to fuck with a dead in general, do you? I don't I don't know any culture that's okay with it. Yeah. And uh, you know, some say that Cornstalk put a curse on the town with his dying breath. Although um no historical records specifically mention this curse. Uh, others say the Mothman was Cornstalk's spirit, his spirit's way of revenge uh, as they kept moving his remains. You know, this guy can't catch a break. Shawnee is starting to sound a lot like Pawnee, Indiana. <laughs> yeah, a lot of uh, sitcom references. Yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, in 19... 19- Mainly all because they just started calling him Cornstalk. so the modern day sightings uh can be traced back in west virginia to um starting as early as 1961 now keep in mind they moved this guy's bones in 54 so you know a couple years later 1961 a couple years (laughs) seven be cool yeah come on so several years later, 1961, uh, West Virginia woman reported seeing a man in the middle of the road while driving along the Ohio River. And uh, this is an excerpt from about this account from uh, John Keel's book, Strange Creatures from Time and Space. As we go closer, we could see that it was much larger than a man, a big gray figure. It stood in the middle of the road, then a pair of wings unfolded from its back, and they practically filled the whole goddamn road. It almost looked like a small airplane, then took off straight up, disappearing out of sight in seconds. We were both terrified. I stepped on the gas and raced out of there. We talked it over and decided not to tell anyone about it. Who would have believed us anyway? So, you know, that is traced back as an early Mothman sighting, but I don't think this one was ever documented as specifically Mothman. Um, And, you know, there was numerous, like, uh, many sightings over the next couple years, like from 61 till 66 when they really started to ramp up. I, You know, like kids come in and be like, Mommy, I saw an angel was like one of the ones I was reading about. You know, shit huh. like that that you didn't really... Like hindsight's twenty twenty. you know? And um, so the first recorded Mothman sighting to be in the papers took place in uh, on November 12th, 1966, around... Clendenin, 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 West Virginia. Uh, up there so, in Clendenin, folks. Yep, uh, up there in Clendenin, West Virginia. So five men were in a cemetery digging a grave when they saw um, flying out from above the nearby tree line was a large winged humanoid creature. Uh, all of these men hold the belief that this was not a bird, but specifically cr- recall a flying humanoid. So, I mean, you know, maybe these guys are out there digging graves and smoking dope. I mean, <laughs> could have been a bird, right? Drinking could have been a, a little plant. yoo-hoo. Yeah. You know, we don't know, you know, who's... Rumpelstiltskin? <laughs> these guys, you know, who knows what they really saw, you know? I mean, the mind plays tricks on you. Saw the Mothman. You're going to see what you want to believe. Uh, I saw the Batwing, bitch. (laughs) Yeah, they specifically said this guy was a flying humanoid. So um, three days after this uh, sighting in the graveyard took place, uh, reports came in from two young couples um, who also claimed to have encountered the same description as the first report. So uh, Roger and Linda Scarberry were driving in Roger's 57 Chevy Bel Air. Badass car, dude. Okay. Uh, So they were driving with Steve and Mary Mallet, and uh, they were driving through the TNT area. What do you think they were doing up there? So 
TNT area. I mean, trying to blow some stuff. What's that TNT area all about? The uh, TNT area is like an old rundown set of bunkers, I believe, used back in pre World War II to uh, as an ammunitions factory. Yeah, I thought it was an ammunitions factory during World War II, That's and then I it read. shut down shortly after. Okay. Fun fact. The developers of the TNT area, also developers of Area 51. Mm. Coincidence? I think not. Sounds like another episode in the future. Well, we'll get into that in our theories. Yeah, Mm. this is a total conspiracy. Guilty as charged with this theory. (laughs) So, you know, around this area, they were driving, and uh, it was about midnight. So Linda noticed two large glowing red eyes beside the old power plant. And screamed. Uh, they soon learned that these eyes belonged to something that looked, frankly, human. Uh, about seven feet tall with wings folded against its back. Um, so, Adam, you want to read the actual tale of this encounter? The true horror began, however, when the creature spread its wings and pursued them down Highway 62 to the Point Pleasant city limits at speeds exceeding 100 miles an hour. The four arrived in town Startled and confused, and with no sign of the mysterious bird that had chased them, Roger parked his car at the edge of town and they discussed their encounter, eventually deciding that what they saw was nothing more than an aberrant bird. And in an attempt to face their fears, they again drove towards the TNT area. Already a bad idea. Yeah, that's probably just a bird. Let's go back and check it out. (laughs) I mean, you know, curiosity killed the cat. Hey, it wasn't long before they saw the creature again, apparently waiting on them beside Route 62. The couples now realized that their stalker was no bird, but in the instant that the car's headlights landed on the creature, it lifted vertically into the air with tremendous speed and disappeared above the tree line. This time, when they arrived into town, they went to Mason County Courthouse and told the story to the sheriff, George Johnson, and Deputy Miller Halstead. Two hours later, city police began investigating the area, only to return empty-handed. The next day, a press conference was held, and the local press began printing the story causing others to come forward with previous and future sightings. This was a major event that started it all. In the November 16th issue of the Point Pleasant Register, the strange encounter would be brought to the public eye with the headline, Couple Sees Man-Sized Bird Creature. Something. Yeah, so this is by far the most famous encounter. Um, Now, I mean, you know, we've all been there. Uh, You know, we've all been young uh, you know, let's fucking drive out to these old country roads. Let's see some crazy shit. Heard about this fucking crazy house. I mean, you guys, I mean, you guys got stories like this, right? Driving out to the old ammunitions factory. What was that place? I know that me, you, and Billy went out to one place and I was like super skeptical. That I, abandoned house? No, it was like a tree where someone supposedly got in an accident. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On Elbow Road. Elbow Road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Very like, creepy legend. The, no, the chick drowned in that lake. Is that what it was? And then and you're supposed died. At that turn, you're supposed to be able to like see the ghost. Yeah. We drove by it like five fucking times. So many <laughs> times sneaking out the house and driving with Billy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, every town has their little like legends and lore, you know? Um, so basically, uh, the Mothman would be seen on and off throughout the next 13 months in Point Pleasant and the surrounding areas. Uh, it was estimated there were over 100 sightings within this time, although a number of these are unidentifiable reports and ac- the actual number of confirmed reported sightings may be quite lower. 
I think after like the papers started reporting on it, um, the reports just started flooding in because you know everybody wants their like you know fifteen minutes of fame. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is this like we talked about on our UFO episodes? Like uh, once it starts becoming a media frenzy, you know, boom, more people start you know faking it. So possible BS factor with some of these reports, you know, a hundred more or less sightings. No possible. social media back then. Yeah, so everybody, no the newspaper is the way to yeah. get your attention, man. So. Uh, Throughout the timeline of the sightings, uh, many Mothman witnesses were also harassed by the men in black who uh, wanted them not to speak about what they had seen. Now, we're not talking about the comic book Men in Black. We're not no, talking about no Will, Will Smith, Smith no, no Will Tommy Smith, Lee Jones. no Tommy Lee Jones. This is the real Men in Black. Now, um, this, I think, deserves a full episode in the future, which we'll really dig into. But, I mean, quick synopsis. If you don't know the real men in black, uh, they're basically these strange guys in black suits, and uh, black shoes, black tie, white shirts. Uh, these are the guys coming around every Sunday trying to get me to go to their oh, church? Yeah, yeah, Mormons. Oh. Uh, these guys, they're like, <laughs> think about the Blues Brothers. Um Black shades. Uh, they're often reported in areas where UFOs have been spotted, and these guys show up and basically tell people to shut the fuck up about it. You know, these guys are often reported as having weird behavior. Uh, they look and act really strange. Uh, they have strange eyes, uh, never blink. Uh, they just have blank, expressionless faces. Like Rob. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, wow. Some are reported uh, wearing Air Force or Army uniforms, but like Air Force Ones. But, like, little insignias being in the wrong place or, like, one piece of the uniform being not quite right. Uh, Some say they themselves are aliens disguised as humans. Government shills. As the the men in black are said to have strange eating behaviors as well. Uh, Witnesses say they don't know how to use, like, in the uh, Mothman Prophecies book, they don't know how to use a knife or fork. Uh, one of the witnesses had to actually come over and show this guy how to cut a steak. Uh, they didn't chew their food. They just kind of swallowed it. This reminded Ugh. me of uh, little Nicky. <laughs> Let the chicken slide down your throat. Like when he's trying to teach him how to eat. Popeye's um, chicken is fucking awesome. One of the stories I saw in like a Men in Black encounter, I don't think it was in Point Pleasant, but it was this lady. Like He came in to ask her about this UFO she had seen, and like she offered him some jello which right off the bat i think is a little odd this mm. lady hey you want some jello this is 60s and this guy tried oh, to you're here harassing this me. guy take yeah some of my jello. this guy had never seen jello like he tried to drink it when's the last time you saw jello outside of a shooter yeah but i still know how to eat a fucking thing of jello <laughs> he just likes to party and he yeah. thought it was a shot he thought it was a jello shot he's way before his time um so one story we actually did pull from the Mothman Prophecies book. This is the story of Connie Carpenter's Men in Black encounter. Rob, you want to go ahead and read this one for us? 8.15 a.m. on February 22nd, 1967. Mothman witness Connie Carpenter was walking to school when a black 49 Buick pulls up alongside her. The driver opens his door and asks her for directions. He seemed to be a clean-cut young man about 24 or so with thick, neatly combed black hair and a deep suntan. This sounds bad already. Can I just say? <laughs> okay. This is like pre-Creeper Van. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, it's a 49 Buick. It's not a fucking <laughs> van it's with not a no windows. It's a panel van yeah, with a guy with a mustache. just sounds bad already. 
When Connie got closer to the vehicle, the stranger suddenly ordered her to get in and grabbed her by the arm, trying to pull her into his car. She managed to get away, and the sleeve of her blouse was ripped in the process. She ran back to her house and locked herself in. The next day, a threatening note was slipped under her door, reading, Be careful, girl. I can get you yet. So, yeah, I mean, this was is probably the most famous Men in Black encounter tied to the Mothman sightings. Um it doesn't sound like Men in Black. It sounds like a stalker. Well, yeah, I mean... Cold we, jacket, green jacket. This could have just been a fucking molester. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> I mean, kind of creepy. You know, this fits the description. I mean, there's a ton of these other Men in Black encounters. Um, feel free to read them yourselves. They're all documented. Now, also reported around Point Pleasant area at this time, um, this was mostly on the Ohio side, uh, were cattle mutilations and numerous... Lights in the Sky, or UFO sightings. Um, Now, this next story, this is actually pretty spooky. Uh, I know this creeped me out the first time I read it. Uh, So, you know, we'll jump right into the story of Woody Derenberger and the man called Indrid Cold. Also, a little side note, this was our first ever ever Just Google It uh, in our Stephen King episode. Uh, so the following story is all taken directly from the audio of the Woody Derenberger interview. Uh, so, you know, this is eyewitness testimony. You can find this interview on YouTube about 30 minutes long. Can we do a survey question? Which state is worse, Michigan or Ohio? Because I believe those are the two worst states in the union. You guys been to either of those states? What about Illinois. Illinois is badass. Yeah, I mean Indiana. My sister just graduated. From Indiana Department of Energy. Yeah. Indiana's pretty shitty as hey, well. Hey, wait, no, we can't say that because I just did that burger challenge and they put my picture on the wall with the ad podcast from Outer Space. Oh, that was in Indiana. That was in Indiana. Okay. Yeah. So Indiana's good. Who's your state? Ohio and Michigan. Ohio. Which, which is worse? Ohio. We'll make it a poll question. I didn't mean to interrupt your story. I'm well, just that's I'm just because that's Rob Ohio. is just not a big Ezekiel Elliott fan. Yeah, Ohio sucks. Urban Meyer's there now. Yeah, he's a bitch. Oh, Rob Deerdeck. Bitch. Oh, <laughs> no, don't edit that out. He's going to promote our podcast. Okay. I'm kidding, dude. Shout out Robbie Diesel. Okay, so this is the story of Woody Derenberger. So um, this guy was a salesman. Uh, He was driving his truck from Marietta, Ohio, to his home in West Virginia at 7 p.m. on the evening of November 2nd, 1966. So this is about 10 days prior to the first reported Mothman sighting in the graveyard. Um, He's headed south down I-77, just before Route 47. Uh, Derenberger claims a car was following him closely and passed him. Now, behind this car, he says, was an object unidentifiable to him, but resembling a large kerosene lamp chimney. Uh, This object was of charcoal color, about 35 feet long, and floating about uh, six inches off the ground. Um, This was at his level. It was keeping up with his truck. No wheels. Um, It hovered off the ground. No windows. No lights. Uh, It was eerily silent, and there was almost like a quiet fluttering. He says it was like a helicopter, but very low. Um, As it passed him, it began to slowly cut him off uh, and then turn completely sideways, blocking the whole road, giving Derenberger no chance but to slow down and stop. 
So as he stopped, he says he pulled over, uh, you know, on the shoulder, and a door opened uh, on this vehicle, and a man came out about six feet tall wearing a dark blue glossy metallic suit. Uh, he, lo- he says he looked like a quote-unquote normal human with a deep suntan, slicked back dark hair, uh, and after he stepped out of the door, uh, the object went straight up, and hovered about 75 feet off the ground over the highway, uh, just kind of staying there. And uh, this guy walked right up to the right-hand side of his truck and asked him to roll the window down. said he wanted to talk. He asked, what are you called, and why are you frightened? Uh, We wish you no harm. We are the same as you. We eat and sleep and bleed just like you. Uh, He said he was called cold, and asked Derenberger about the city of Parkersburg. Uh, you know, he says he pointed at the city, asked if that's where the people live. Um, you know, he went on to ask him more questions about the town, uh, what he did. Um, he said he was a searcher, and Derenberger said that this was all telepathic communication. He claims that Cold's mouth never moved. Uh, he held a smile the whole time. And Derenberger said uh, Cold told him he could either talk or he could understand his thoughts, um, either one, whichever he preferred. And after their conversation, which lasted about 10 minutes, uh, Cold stepped away from the truck and said, we will see you soon. Uh, He stepped back into the door on the vehicle, uh, and there was another man inside who closed the door, and the vehicle went straight back up into the air until it was out of sight. Mm. Now, Derenberger says he was basically scared shitless uh, this whole time, uh, so he didn't really, like, ask him many questions back. Uh, And in the interview, he says he wished he had. And uh, he believes this was some type of alien craft uh, he saw, uh, although he says he was a skeptic before. You know, he didn't really believe in all this shit. He thought these guys were all, like, wackos claiming to see UFOs and stuff. Um, and he reported this to the police and eventually this was picked up by the local media. Now, this guy has basically become known as Indrid Cold and, uh, many people claim to have encountered him and some say he is, uh, one guy, um, you know, others say there are many, um, that look like him, uh, but all the eyewitnesses seem to be very frightened upon encountering him. Um, they believe Indrid Cold is, uh, one of the mysterious men in black or an alien or some unknown species or all of the above. Uh, Whenever he has been seen, uh, there's also UFO sightings, disasters, or other strange phenomenon that follow the encounters of this guy. Over the course of the month that followed this encounter, uh, Derenberger said he uh, was visited by injured cold several times. Uh, He took him on his spaceship to his planet and Indrid Cold appeared at uh, Derenberger's front door. Uh, his wife and children knew who this guy was. Uh, they knew he was paying him visits and eventually came forward saying that they too saw Indrid Cold and other strange beings. Um, Derenberger's wife was terrified, uh, stating that these beings were like us. They traveled in uh, cars dressed uh, just like us, but were not of human origin. And there was even one time where Mr. Derenberger disappeared for six months, said he was with injured cold. But this was, and this is what uh, members of his family actually believed. 
Sounds like this guy's a mastermind and he's just out banging whores. (laughs) (laughs) And he just got one of his buddies. He said, hey, I ran into this alien. He looks just like a human, though. (laughs) And then this guy shows up at his door and he's like, oh, this is the guy. Now, yeah, that could be, uh, you know. I got, he's, I got to go back to his planet for six months, so I'm not going to be around. <laughs> Have fun taking care of the kids, though, all hey, right, honey? Yeah, going to be taking off for about six <laughs> months uh, with this weird guy. I don't know anything about him. Going but, uh, to his home planet. Yeah. Injured uh, needs me. Yeah, he said something about a uh, spaceship, you know. Um, so, you know, this story gained a lot. Oh, he, he, So he also said he would receive mental messages uh, from Indrid Cold, and they would come suddenly, leaving piercing migraine headaches. Oh, mental, all right. Yeah, this story gained uh, a lot of media attention, and locals would flock to this guy's house all hours of the day and night. Um, there would be crowds in his driveway just to catch, catch a glimpse of this guy. Uh, now, Derenberger eventually decided to seek medical attention, had the opinion of his psychiatrist, and he not only this left... seen a psychiatrist. You know he's crazy. Yeah, but this guy left with a clean bill of health, no evidence of a chemical imbalance or disruption, and, um... You if know, he's di- got psychiatrist money, you know he's also got a butthole hair removal money. <laughs> <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? Just saying, he's flossing, he's balling. Okay, so I mean, this over guy, this guy's overall experience was extremely negative um, for him and his family, and even his close friends. He says there was, uh, you know, there was years of harassing phone calls. Uh, he lost jobs. He lost friends. Uh, people were trespassing on his property. You know, ridicule, embarrassment, uh, the migraines, even depression. And he claims that his writings of these encounters and stuff would disappear from his locked house and letters he sent would never reach their destination. And he felt he was being watched. He eventually moved away. And uh, years later, he moved back to the area, but passed away in 1990 at the age of 74. Sounds like some Department of Energy involvement right there, boys. I mean, would this guy go to these lengths to fucking fuck up his whole life based on banging whores? Yes. Sounds like it. (laughs) Okay. Although, you know, I did hear when I was watching the documentary, they touched on the injured cold thing since it was about the same time. Apparently, there is a couple of people that also saw him up in New York State. So Yeah, I mean, this guy's been reported, like, all over the place. I mean, we could probably do a whole episode on just this guy. Yeah, but it's, like, the same thing with the Mothman. It's, like, as soon as the media catches it, everyone's trying to hop on that fucking yeah, bandwagon, so whole, you know? Yeah, so like, you, you got to sift through the bullshit. So here's a quote from uh, John Keel uh, in the Mothman Prophecies. He says, and I quote, At the time of my first visit to Point Pleasant in 1966, I did not relate the winged weirdo to flying saucers. Uh, Later events not only proved that relationship existed, but that relationship is a vital clue to the whole mystery. You know, I work with a Mr. Keel. I just wonder... If he's of relation? You know, I'm going to have to ask him. No, sir, we are not of relations. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh... So these strange sightings, uh, you know, Mothman, Indrid Cole, these UFOs, these all seem to uh, culminate in the collapse of the Silver Bridge on December 15th, 1967. Uh, this killed mm. 46 people in total, and it is confirmed that the bridge collapsed due to the failure of a single eye bar 
uh, coupled with poor upkeep, years of wear and tear, and uh, carrying much heavier loads than it was designed for. I mean, this thing collapsed with, like, rush hour traffic on it, like, right before Christmas. Um, well, I was just going to ask if I could tell my story right when you're done. Sure, go ahead and tell it right now. Well, What's no. the story? Well, okay, so Finish yeah, yours. so this bridge collapsed, and these guys, these people were on like rush hour traffic. Um, Forty six people dead. You know, Christmas presents in the water. Horrific scene. I mean, some bodies were found like miles down the river. Why is that funny? Christmas presents in the river. Yes, did you not read yeah. the story? Come yes, on, I did. it's fucked I mean, up. Yeah, do we have any explanation on this? Our lawyer Rob. You know, this is just a tale as old as time. Shout out to Davis. Um, there's actually a bridge back home in Fredericksburg. Same thing. You know, doesn't get the upkeep that it needs. There's always rush hour traffic on it. And one day that thing's just going to fall into the damn river. And it's all because these cities don't want to spend money on road repair. You're unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, am I right, though? One little thing goes wrong with this bridge. Shit collapses into the fucking river. Shit, fuck, dude. Did you guys see a video? I I saw something. This lady said that she had a video where it goes up into the air and then collapses. And I was like... See, I saw like... Sounds like bullshit. No, no, no. Yeah, that's bullshit. People had like photographic evidence of the Mothman like chilling on the bridge. Oh, that was all bullshit. That's also bullshit. All right, here's my thing. Normally when I do research for the podcast, like I like to read stuff like that's how I am. Like if I'm well, researching yeah, something, everything. well, this guy watches a lot of videos. Oh, true, true, true. So I, I said, you know, I'm so in, you read okay. Wikipedia. I, yeah, I, I, great source. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's a good place to start going down the rabbit hole. But I said, I'm going to take the Rob Stone approach this week. I'm going to watch some videos. And I was watching a lot of videos on YouTube, a lot of Mothman videos, obviously, and it, you know, Some every every ones. one of them had like the same kind of story, exactly, like Point exactly. Pleasant, how the Mothman was actually like a harbinger of like bad news to come, and that that and I truly believe that's what he was because I was watching all these videos, and I think for me, he was trying to tell me that I was about to stumble across some bad news bears, like bad stuff, because after watching all these videos in my suggested videos playlist came this one about the Russian sleep deprivation experiment, which apparently is a creepypasta and not true at all. Yeah, creepypasta popularized on the internet. Okay, but I watched this creepypasta video about the Russian sleep experiment, and I could not sleep. Like, I was freaked out, and I feel like if you ever get some free time to go down that rabbit hole, check Don't. it out. Oh, don't? definitely. Oh. Do. Yeah, we could probably do some uh, whole whole episode on that as well. Okay, apparently it's not even real. And like all these people were commenting like, this is pussy shit. One out of ten. Four out of ten. It freaked me the fuck out. Like I couldn't even sleep that night. But then I was like, oh man, if I don't sleep, I want to turn into a zombie. I feel like the Mothman was trying to warn me like, don't watch this video. But I watched it. Well, you know, I mean, that's really your own free will. But... <sighs> Um, Strummers tried to tell you. Yeah, I mean, you know, so what? You're saying this Mothman um, basically was saying don't click anything else but me. Just do research on me, which you should have been doing. But well, that's not. true. Yeah, straight. <laughs> that's that's true. That's what I get for pulling the Rob Stone approach. So, you know, skeptic corner over here. This is a, this could be a new segment, uh, skeptic corner. I like corner. that, skeptic so, corner. you know, possible explanations of the Mothman uh, can be cited as the Sandhill Crane, which is, uh, mm. uh, you know, it's a bird almost as tall as a man. 
um, which has Have red you guys spots. seen that fucking thing? It's ugly. I don't even think it's... There's no way. If I saw that, I would not think, oh my God, that's a humanoid. Well, yeah, that's no shit, man. but I'm saying <laughs> yeah. that thing is still pretty creepy. Though. Yeah, but still, you know the difference between a crane and a human. <laughs> a man's People legs. in West Virginia might not. <laughs> you ever seen <laughs> Wrong Turn? So, a sandhill crane, a uh, barn owl, some say. <laughs> a um, big, just a fucking huge owl. Now, you know, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Seven feet tall. So, I mean, oh, this could play into the other theory. I mean, not so much skeptic corner, but as Rob was saying, you know, this contractor who built the TNT area, which was a munitions plant, allegedly in World War II, also responsible with building uh, the plant where they did the... Manhattan Project in Tennessee, if I'm not correct, and Area 51, two of the highest level secret um, structures, bases, if you want to call them. Um, Department of Energy. Yeah. Uh, The same contractor built this TNT area. Now, some say this is like, you know, a government experiment gone wrong or even like uh, they had some sort of like chemical thing get into the water, you know, mixed with the bird's DNA. Well, it is a toxic waste dump site now. Well, it's also a wildlife refuge now. (laughs) Well, it's actually both. Isn't Silent Hill (laughs) up in West Virginia too? Like there's all sorts of crazy shit. Well, that's complete fiction. Yeah. That's no, a there's like a, there, no, there's like a whole town that's like on. Well, that's fire. a cartoon. No, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're talking about that. Uh, oh, the gateway to hell. But it's oh, like okay. all on fire, like year round or some shit. I don't, it's oh, in no, West. No, no, there's a lot of weird fire. shit. There's a lot of there's weird shit. There's also a town in Pennsylvania no, that's like due to nuclear waste. It was like fully abandoned. That's what you're talking about, right? I'm talking about West Virginia, but I mean they're right there. They're right next to each other. Okay, well, know. you know that's, that's more research on our part. But yeah, maybe you know, look into that. Let us know. Could be a future, a episode. future episode. All right, all right, all right. A lot of future episodes, guys. Um, so you know, the culture, the the film, the inspiration. Uh, you know, this was the inspiration for Mothman prophecies in two thousand two. Um, John Keel, he wrote the book. Um, and he collaborated with this lady, Mary Heyer. Is that how you would say her name? Sure. I mean, you watched the documentary. Did they mention her? Uh, she was saw. like the first one to kind of report on this in the newspapers. You know, people this were like, "Crazy blonde lady." No, I think she had hair like freaking Bride of Frankenstein, <laughs> and like those fifties like cat lady glasses. All right, all right. But this lady, like, she basically people were like, you know, this is fucking who blah bullshit. We don't want to report on this, and she was like, no, this there's something to this. I'm gonna like report on this in the newspapers. And there was even this guy, Gary uh, Barker, who wrote a book. On, he was also a ufologist, ufologist uh, who wrote books on UFO sightings and stuff. And he wrote a book on the Mothman of Point Pleasant uh, that predated John Keel's book five years. And uh, so in 2002, we get the movie uh, Mothman Prophecies. This was loosely adapted from John Keel's book. Now, you guys both seen the film? Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> Why do you say unfortunately? Because I was trying to get information on the Mothman. It's all this Richard Gere drama bullshit. <laughs> oh, pl- well, you know Spare it's Hollywood. Me. It's dude. Hollywood. Yeah, you know they're gonna play up. Barely some even bullshit. get to see the damn Mothman. Well, yeah, you don't know, man. It's the mystery, the lore, the legend. They want you to see it in your head and freak yourself out. Man. Yeah, I mean, I thought it all in all was a pretty good movie. I mean, it doesn't follow the book super closely, but that's just because you're a Richard Gere fan. 
Well, you know, that's <laughs> nice and Rodanthe over that's here. That's besides the point. This is a guy's favorite movie. Um, just so film, all you listeners know. Yeah, the film uh, <laughs> actually used the idea of Indrid Cold as uh, a character named Gordon. Uh, this was uh, loosely based on the character of Woodrow Derenberger, who we discussed saw Indrid Cold. Hmm. Um, Gordon now, Shumway, Alf, I'm just saying. <laughs> so. Uh, so, so you're saying Alf? Any other like uh, Mothman, you know, um, influences that we can think of besides the ticks? Besides cohort. the ticks, okay. Sidekick. Okay, well. You guys seen Jeepers Creepers? Mm. So is that confirmed? That was based on the Mothman? No, but I mean, think about it. Similar, very similar. Very tall guy, big ass wings, chasing cars around on the deserted highway at night. You know wooded area like out in the middle of nowhere now this will lead me so adam has a creepy research story i do as well so i was doing some research for this i saw rob you know put together the initial outline what this is a story that freaked me out you told oh, okay. yours well yeah yeah okay well i thought you said i had another one and I no, was no, like, no 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 i do you. not this is me okay um so you rob said you the, had a story no? okay. you had well, a story you told yes, it I did, yes. um so rob had put together this initial outline uh, I see this. In Kudos the, to him for yeah. actually doing an outline <laughs> yeah. well, and not copying and pasting. Well, that's literally what he did. But um, <laughs> so it, I saw this in here, Jeepers Creepers, and I thought, hey, you know, I've never really looked into that. Let me Google this. So I am, bad you know, idea. yeah, bad idea. Rock I'm, man was trying to warn you not to look see, into See, see? Yeah, I'm drunk. I'm three sheets <laughs> to the wind, uh, you know, because I all often do a lot of research when I'm drunk. Who doesn't? I mean, I love to read when I'm drunk. Who, you guys, yeah? That's how I pass college. Yeah, so it's writer's fuel. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I'm laying in my bed drunk. Trademark fuel. Trademark to the uh, alcohol. Writer's fuel, that would be a good oh. beer or whiskey. Like, yeah. Hey. So I am drunk. And I'm laying in my bed at night. Got all the lights off. I'm doing. I'm looking at this outline. I see the Jeepers Creepers thing in here. So I think, hey, this is interesting. Let me look at this. Oh. I looked this up. Did you guys know the guy that directed Jeepers Creepers is was a convicted pedophile? Oh. He like molested some twelve year old boy. Oh. And then, on the set of one of his movies, and then he served like fifteen years in prison. And went on to to write and direct Jeepers Creepers and like uh, some other movie. I forget what it was. I saw a picture of this guy. I was like, Jesus Christ, this is fucking crazy. Don't let anybody direct in Hollywood, apparently. Yeah, Harvey <laughs> Weinstein, you know. Oh. And then and then this guy, you know, molesting kids. And uh, so I look up, you know, inspiration. Oh, now, for I molesting kids? No, no, no. Oh. Now, I didn't, see, <laughs> sure. I didn't see anything rooted in Mothman, but I mean, he, you know, Rob was, he's on to something. You can definitely see the uh, influences in there. The when he's on, he's on. Yeah. So... I saw though that this was based on a um, apparently a unsolved mysteries episode, and it was of this guy Dennis Dupuis. Uh, look this guy up. Look up this episode. I mean, the opening scene is basically shot for shot. This guy basically shot his wife in the back of the head. This guy looks like a real creep. Shot his wife in the back of the head. This couple was out driving on Easter Sunday. You know, desolate country road, just like the opening of Jeepers Creepers. They, they, um, this van is like riding their ass, then goes around them, and then they see the van at this abandoned school, and they see this guy carrying a bloody sheet, just like in Jeepers Creepers. 
uh, and they fucking, this guy, boom, then he starts following him again. They pull over. This guy's changing his license plates on the side of the road or some shit. They go, these these guys, the ball's on these guys. They went back to the school and looked at the bloody sheet. And yeah, apparently this guy wasn't caught until the episode aired. I mean, look into it. It's this whole thing. So I'm, I'm looking this up. I'm freaking Blitzkrieg drunk. And I'm freaking out. I'm like, holy shit. I hear a fucking glass break. It sounds like somebody shattered this window mm. in here. And I start freaking out. I like jump up and I fucking run towards my wall and I just like hit the wall. Like, you know how when you think, oh, if somebody breaks into my house, I'm going to fucking shoot him with a shotgun. Hell yes. So I go fucking boom, beeline for the wall. I run into the wall. I don't have my glasses on. I'm trying to find the light switch. I'm freaking out and shaking. No, I look this out. isn't Harry Potter. You don't just run into walls. Well, yes, I'm aware. I was trying to turn on the light switch. Hello. And you ran right, right into a wall. <laughs> turn a base <laughs> on its side. It Hello. It was dark, dude. And then I look out the window. Apparently, some lady just dropped a beer outside. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, look into this stuff and, you know, turn the lights off. Go in a closet if you guys want. Get real freaked out. <laughs> Go in the closet if you need to. So, <laughs> with that weird. being said, this will bring us to some other sightings. So, uh... Some of the places that the Mothman, or you know, possibly there's multiple of these entities. Mothman, you're yeah, saying? Mothman, okay, okay. possibly multiple entities. Or moth ladies, you yeah. never know. You know, yeah, we're not assuming genders. Just, we don't. Do we're that just going either. off of the name Mothman. Uh, so you know, possible places that these things have visited are uh, a mine in Freiburg, Germany. Um, where a Mothman creature scared miners away shortly before the collapse, and one even known as the Blackbird of Chernobyl. Um, So, Adam, you want to read this story for us? Beginning in April of 1986, the people in and around the town of Chernobyl began to experience sightings of a mysterious creature described as a large, dark, and headless man with gigantic wings and piercing red eyes. People affected by this phenomena experienced horrific nightmares, which I read was pretty consistent throughout the West Virginia, threatening phone calls, again, men in black, and first-hand encounters with the winged beast, which became known as the Blackbird of Chernobyl. Sightings are reported until the meltdown occurred and a fireman who would later die of radiation poisoning claimed to have seen a large humanoid creature with a 10-foot wingspan flying in the plumes of smoke. Um, Do you have any black metal on your iPod? <laughs> so although several sightings of this black bird of Chernobyl were reported in the days leading up to the Chernobyl disaster. Ooh, see, he's um, warning people. No documented sightings, though, have ever been specifically found. I mean, from what I could gather, this was mostly bullshit. Uh, no reports or evidence of this. Uh, prior to 2002 exist and 2002 is when the movie came out and in the movie there's a scene where he says you know these mothmen have been sighted all over the world he specifically cites chernobyl so from what i gather this was basically like a creepypasta that circulated on the internet the russians are just trying to cash in on the creepypastas man well i mean it's not necessarily a russian that wrote it i think whoever wrote it just said hey this was in the movie and, you know, with the fucking 
communism and Soviets records are going to be scarce over there. Mm. So let's write this shit, you know. And, you know, there was also reported uh, two Mothman pictures taken in New York on 9-11. I did take a look at those. Yeah, this was also mostly bullshit rooted in creepypasta. Um, And, you know, as we know, 9-11 was not a natural disaster. It was an inside job. I I also heard that he's been spotted in Chicago. Oh yes, I mean I've got a I got a segment for that. Should so I it's later in the outline. Yeah, let's go back further. Um, the Freiburg Shrieka. Um, this is on the morning of September tenth, thirty meters, nineteen seventy eight. Uh, the workers of a coal mine outside of Freiburg, Germany, encountered a dark man shaped figure they thought to be wearing a trench coat. At the entrance of the mine, as a few of the men approached the man, uh, he jutted out huge wings and let out a series of high-pitched shrieks. Uh, This creature prevented the men from entering the mine, which would eventually go on to collapse that very day and is estimated would have killed all 36 of them. That's crazy. Six months after this incident, uh, the Freiburg Shrieker incident, uh, less than one-third of the workers present that day remained employed by the mind. Uh, many of them who no longer uh, work at the mind remain unemployed and apparently suffer from serious mental disorders. Now, let's go back even further. Uh, this tale is known as the Man Dragon of Zonte Dam. That's actually how I refer to Rob. You have to call me Dragon. <laughs> so <laughs> two dragons. This one began in 1926 near the Shantae Dam uh, in southeastern China. Uh, sightings of a large winged black figure began to spread around the fall uh, around the small farming communities located beneath the. And now is that how you would say that Shantae Dam? Shantae Dam. I, Shantae I don't speak the knees, dude. Salte uh, Dam. The creature uh, reportedly was uh, seen hovering above the dam and frightened several people who saw it. On the afternoon of January 19th, 1926, the Shantae Dam suffered a massive structural failure. Uh, it collapsed, sending over 40 billion gallons crashing into the farming villages below and several villages were entirely destroyed and when the water was finally drained the death toll was over 15,000 the events surrounding the collapse of the dam have led many researchers to suggest the creature called the man dragon uh, is actually the same dark winged apparition seen flying over Uh, the location of several other disasters, also known as the Blackbird of Chernobyl, the Freiburg Shrieker, and the more famous Mothman of West Virginia. Now, all of this uh, leads some to hold the belief that the Mothman is a harbinger of doom, a herald of impending disasters, an omen, if you will. Um, Damien, this was all for you. The creature seems to uh, vanish after each disaster occurs and is nearly impossible to study. And to this day, all accounts of the mysterious figure remain unsolved. Mm. So now we'll get into the, I mean, guys, the Mothman, he lives. 
the Mothman uh, sightings go on to this day. Um, this article is from the Fortean Times, and is basically um, so. There's a bunch of modern day sightings in Chicago. Well, the South Side of Chicago. So. Uh, there has basically been, I mean, this started in like uh, maybe 2011. Um, there's been 66 reported sightings of a large flying humanoid in the Chicago and greater Illinois area. Um, some in Michigan and even Wisconsin. Um, these descriptions, these sightings, they basically match the same reports that uh, took place in Point Pleasant. Uh, you know, big winged humanoid creature. Uh, there have been a couple of photos that I saw and a bunch of, like, uh, blogs and stuff like that. And there's even this timeline, which you can find on singularfortean.com. Uh, this documents all of these sightings, um, you know, going as far back as uh, 97 in Illinois and taking us all the way up into uh, May 9th, 2018. This year, huh? Yeah, I mean, this oh, guy... Just a week ago. Yeah, this guy even got a, a uh, camera. I'll actually put the photo on the uh, Instagram. How about that? And... Um, you know, if you have any sightings, I mean, what do you think this means? What do you guys take this as? There's some something, something gonna happen in Chicago. Have you ever been to Chicago? The place is a shit show. Chirac, sure yeah, highest murder rate. I mean, who knows what could happen? Anything can happen. Am I right? Leroy I Brown. Can't call it. <laughs> Leroy Brown. Yes. So baddest man in town. Uh, Stay away from the south side, guys. Yeah, but all I mean, all that being said, uh, Mothman. You know, huge. Um, I mean, Mothman is basically responsible for the, like, economy of Point Pleasant. I mean, starting in 2002, after the movie, the Mothman Festival began. Uh, and it is held on the third weekend of every September in downtown Point Pleasant. Uh, it's located right next to the Mothman Museum. And they even have a Mothman statue. Sounds like we need to have a live episode there in September, boys. Uh, that's a yes oh yeah, for me. I mean, okay. this festival has a huge variety of vendors, uh, guest speakers, live music, food and events. I mean, it's like a state fair, but for <laughs> ice for freaks, yeah, for the Mothman, cryptid uh, lovers. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, apparently people from all over the world go to learn about the Mothman. Now, I've never been to this festival, but I would love to go. Never say never. I might take some time off in September to go check this thing out. We'll hit the Mothman Festival in West Virginia and then find the Monkey Man Festival. Where's that? Monkey Man! Okay. I'll go fuck myself. There's a festival for that? If not, we should start one. What about Birdman? I only love Birdman. <laughs> what about Bird Person? You crazy for that one. What about Mr. Wynn? <laughs> I like Temple Job at restaurant. So, yeah, Mothman Festival. I mean, would you guys be interested? Hell yeah, brother. Point Pleasant, if you're if you're listening, let us know. Like, hey, who's yeah, going to put us up? Feel or... free to let us know your Mothman stories if you have any. I mean, I've never met anybody that's specifically seen the Mothman. Except Shout out on Point an episode Pleasant. of The Tick. Yeah, except maybe an episode of The Tick, um, which I guess is a far nicer Mothman than <laughs> this thing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Mothman basically 
sighted all around the world, you know, uh, different sightings. Uh, there's a ton of um, Mothman sightings reported, uh, short sightings that, you know, we just didn't have the time to go into. Uh, do some investigating on the Mothman. Uh, let us know what you think. Um, if you see him, watch out. Yeah, I mean, wa- keep a close eye on your surroundings if uh, you see this creature flying around because apparently um, somebody somewhere close is going to die. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but yeah, what else we got on the Mothman, guys? That's it and that's all, baby. Wow, you got you two jobs right now. Harbinger of bad doom. As opposed to good doom. Is it Harbinger? I don't know. It is Harbinger. It's probably Harbinger Harbinger of doom, an omen of disaster. You sound like you're talking about superhero. Bringer of bad news. I mean, Mothman basically is bearer of bad news. Yeah, bearer of bad news. Harbinger. You're right. Harbinger. My fault. So there we have it, the Mothman guys. And once again, if you want to get at us, slide in those DMs, Podcast from Outer Space on IG, Podcast from Outer Space at gmail.com if you're still into emails. And guys, we still got a couple of stickers left. So if you want some, let us know. They're going fast. We're almost out of them. And once again, this podcast is brought to you by Pamp Coffee. You can get at them on Instagram now. It's Pamp underscore coffee. Uh, you can also slide into that Etsy shop. Come on. Etsy.com slash shop slash Pam Coffee. That's P-A-M-P, people. Pam Coffee. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in, guys, and we will see you on the next episode. I will see you then, or I will see you on another time. So long, and thanks for all the fish. Oh.